Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. This week we're discussing Crown of Chaos by Amelia Hutchins. This is the fourth book in the Legacy of the Nine Realms series by this author. This is also your After Dark warning, so in this episode we'll be talking about some uh, adult themes, including um, murder and sex, and uh, go ahead and give a trigger warning for miscarriage and um, violence, maybe. I will introduce our characters and locations and Vicki will pick up with our plot. So we have talked about the other three books in this series. We covered them last year. Um, you're welcome to revisit them. If you need a refresher, I certainly did because I forgot a lot of stuff that happened prior to this book. So our main female character is Arya uh, Primrose Prometheus. We find out her last name in this book. Um, she is on a crusade in this story to um, save the innocent children and the witches in this universe from death and torture and just an all-around crappy life. Um, she's also on a mission to take out Hecate, the goddess of magic, because she's awful and is continuously trying to grow her power, which she pulls directly from uh, continuously trying to grow her power so that she can um, be all-powerful. Um, Arya, I guess is technically her granddaughter. Um, Arya is the heir to the magic of the, the Nine Realms, and so she pulls her magic directly from the, the Nine Realms and tries to use that to defeat her. Um, Arya also houses another creature called Ember, who is an alpha predator, is very interested in feeding and fucking and fighting. We have Nox Carnavius, who is our main male character and the king of Morvala. He has been up to this book leading a campaign to kill all of the witches due to past trauma, um, courtesy of the witches that he experienced. His mission has kind of shifted in this book. Uh, he has been really outstandingly awful to Arya up until this point as well. Knox hosts a creature called a tall, heavily tattooed beast man with a gigantic penis. Arya and Knox are mated to each other and Lennox and Ember, their creatures are all also mated to each other. Knox has many loyal friends, including Brander, who is his brother, uh, and who is currently serving as proxy of Norvala. We have Greer, who is Knox's gay vampire butler. Killian, who is, Brand or who is um, Knox's former brother-in-law and serves as his like right hand. He helps to keep him safe. He, not, or Killian's sister is 
Celia, who is obsessed with Knox, and we have Lore, who is like the comic relief, but is also Knox's youngest brother. There are some other side characters in this story. So we have Esme, who also hosts a creature like Arya, uh, and is Arya's bestie, though she won't claim it. Uh, Arya, Arya has also been hanging with uh, other members of her girl gang, which includes Shaban and Soraya, uh, who are the only people that she really trusts. We have Aurora, who is Arya's aunt, and we find out is actually her mother and is a power-hungry heifer. All of Arya's sisters are in the story, but uh, the most important one to this book is Sabine. We have Hecate, who's the goddess of magic and witches, and she is also a power-hungry heifer, and she's looking to harvest all of the witches to gain even more power. And then this book takes place in the Nine Realms, which is a group of, there are nine different realms, uh, which host different types of creatures. Um, this, this book specifically is taking place in Norvala, which is Knox's homeland. Vicki, would you like to take off with our plot? The book picks up shortly after the last one. Arya's stolen part of Nox's library to try to find a book that will tell her how to make a new realm for witches. Um, Nox is dealing with a council who wants Arya taken care of. However, since she is his wife, she has his protection. Arya is essentially at a safe house right now with her sisters, um, some other witches, and Aurora. They find places that are hurting witches and attack them. However, Aurora seems to be trying to get Arya hurt as she brings her to very dangerous battles and ignores Arya's concerns. They go to attack one keep and Arya has a bad feeling. However, Aurora tells her that she is in charge and it ends up being a very bad fight. Arya is shot with a hemlock arrow and other witches die. Aurora leaves Arya there, weakened and wounded. She is eventually saved by some men who take her and her friend Esme to a healer. She's out for a few days healing. And when she wakes up, she's told she is pregnant with twins. She is both upset and excited about this. Arya and Esme leave and they take the healer, Avi, with them. Arya isn't fully healed, though, and they end up getting help from a stranger. While he does heal Arya, he also turns her in so that he can collect the bounty that's out on her. Arya lets, the, Arya lets Ember out and, Emmer and Ember ends up eating a village of slavers and she's in charge for about a week. A week. When Arya finally takes back over, she saves Esma and Avi from the slavers. However, Nox also finds her, um, and Aurora finally makes a reappearance along with Arya's sister. Aurora and, uh, her, Aurora and Arya's sisters try to hurt Nox, but Arya jumps in front of the spell, and Aurora does not stop casting. It takes around two months for Arya to recover from Aurora's spell, although she is still weakened. Aurora tells her that she's needed in a battle, and Arya admits to her that she's not 100% yet, but Aurora doesn't care. They get to the keep, and immediately Arya is on edge and believes it to be a trap. Aurora again ignores Arya's concern. Arya is, of course, right, and it ends up being a trap. Hecate is there. She kills two of Arya's sisters. Uh, Aurora quickly leaves and closes the portal before Arya and a few of her sisters can get through. Arya gets hit by a spell by Hecate and knows immediately that something is wrong with her pregnancy. She ends up having a miscarriage and it is awful. Since she was five months along, she needs to deliver the children. She goes to the library to do so since it is spelled to provide them with everything they need. 
Knox and his brothers hear her screaming and can see her through the barrier. Brander walks Arya's friends through what to do while Knox does his best to comfort Arya even though he's devastated himself. When Arya recovers, in her grief, she ends up destroying a keep, killing innocents. Knox confronts her in the library and tells her that she will never learn how to make a new realm as the library was hiding the information from her. He has the book and burns it. Arya goes to confront her family. It turns out Aurora is her mother and she and Freya killed Arya Abundance when she was a child to try and steal her magic. Aurora and her sister cousins try to attack her, but Arya leaves. She does invite her sisters, but no one takes her up on the offer. Nox is still dealing with the council that Aurora is now on, and Aurora wants him to dissolve his marriage to Arya. He refuses to do so and puts Brander in as his proxy, making him the king of Narvala. Nox is approached by Sabine, who offers to marry him in name only, which he refuses, but Brander, acting as pro proxy, does not refuse her. In the meantime, Arya and her friends, which um, include a bunch of little witch children, are looking for a new safe place to stay. Arya ends up taking them to the library while she continues a search. While they're in the library, Arya likes to watch Knox, and he's having a meeting with his brothers when Gideon enters. He comes in, he's possessed by Hecate, and ends up cutting his own head off. They realize that Hecate must have someone on the inside, and it's probably Celia, Killian's sister. Arya and Esme go into town to find a clairvoyant to look for Aiden. Instead of Aiden, though, they get Eve. Eve tells her that in order to get to the Kingdom of Fire so she can meet her father, Arya will need to go through some trials. They are, of course, attacked right after this and run. Arya also learns that the King of Narvala will be marrying Sabine. And since Arya doesn't know Brander is in charge, she thinks that Nox is marrying Sabine and is very upset. However, she decides that it's finally time to find and take the next element, wind. So they go to the fortress, but it's warded. There is an army and Nox's army shows up too. So Arya casts a large barrier spell. She begins to summon the Keeper of the Wind, but Hecate shows up, which Arya was expecting and planned for. She manages to trap Hecate in one body. So now Hecate is basically mortal and she can be killed if they can find the body and kill her within that body. Arya goes back to summoning the Keeper of the Wind and successfully takes the element. She also makes a deal with the previous Keeper. After all of this, a witch, who turns out to be one of the Hecate line, gives birth to healthy twin boys. The curse is broken. Arya, who is still upset about Sabine marrying the king, starts to think about that more and realizes that it could be Brander that she, um, Sabine is marrying. To find out, she goes to the engagement party and finds Knox. Relieved that he is not marrying anyone else, they finally reunite. And um, after they have a bunch of sex, Arya still needs to find her father and she leaves to go through the trials. So what happens? Does she make it through the trials? So, spoilers ahead. Although there were a bunch of spoilers in that plot too, so, you know. We do what we can. I forgot a great many things that had happened in the last story. Mm -hmm. was <laughs> I started a, this one. <laughs> yeah, there was, I mean, it was almost a year, I think. Yeah. 
in between. It was, there was a long time. There was a long time and I forgot many of the things and I still do not remember them, but that's okay. Um, I, it, I, I did fine with figuring out Esme. I forgot all about her having a creature as well. Yeah. And like the whole storyline with Soraya. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I remember she got, I don't know. I think she was a, she was with Knox, right? Or yeah, no, she was there part was of their traveling company. She was trying to save her sister. She worked oh, for right. Ilsa and was trying to save her sister. Um, I, I, I think Ilsa died. I don't remember. Also, what's her name? Arya. She mentioned Demetria at one point and I legit have no idea what happened to him. I don't even remember Dimitri. Who's Dimitri again? He was their like werewolf friend who impregnated her sister in the oh, first book. That's and right. Wanted Arya and tried to, I want to say, sexually assault her more than once. Yeah. Uh, he was the one, like, I was low key rooting for him. And then he turned out to be a dick bag because he is a wolf shifter and they don't know how to be any other way. Yeah. And dick bags. Right. And that's just canon. It I is. Make the rules. It is just straight up canon for wolves. They're just awful. <laughs> um, so this was your first read of it, right? It you had was. Read it. Yeah, yeah, it was my first read. Yeah. Um, uh, what'd you think? It felt like emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> I think I put off reading this one because I mean I know that you read it like right after it came out or shortly thereafter um and I knew that we were going to talk about it eventually so I put off reading it and um, just because the tone and the other books up to this one has been pretty heavy compared with like the Fae Chronicles that was the first series that this author wrote and I loved the Fae Chronicles um, and I enjoyed this book too. It's just that the tone is so different from Fake Chronicles to this one. And that's fine. She's allowed to write different stories. But like I've read the Fake Chronicles maybe three or four times. And I don't know that I could read this again. The same with the other ones. Like I think I've read both the other ones maybe twice up to this point. And it's just very heavy. The tone is, I mean, dark. It's very heavy and uh with where I'm at right now I didn't think I could it didn't I don't feel like I'm able to tolerate reading something so heavy multiple times mm -hmm. so this was my second read and I actually didn't read it right after it came out I waited about a month because I waited for my sister and for my friend Meyer to read it to tell me how bad Knox was because kind of like you god Knox was just absolutely awful yeah in those books and I was just like I think at the time and like even now I was just like all these sweet guys who like even if they were kind of alpha holes they didn't try to drown them after mm -hmm. they had been sexually assaulted or like rip out their throats you know like yeah. or call them trash or threaten their family I mean, well, yeah so yeah. I just I, I just wasn't ready for that at the time. And then my sister and my friend told me that he was actually fine in this book. And I was like, okay, 
great. Um, the only thing I have with this book is that there are a lot of monologues in here. There's a lot of yeah. repetition. What put me off most about rereading it was <laughs> thinking about having to read all that again. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I love the book and I love the series and everything. So it's not like, I don't mean it in any really sort of bad way. It was just, you know, the, how she's writing this series. Um, yeah, but Knox had some character development. So I wasn't yes, concerned about that part. We finally had some character growth from Knox. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we've been desperate for something from that, from that perspective for him for the last three books. Yes, because we had nothing like every time you thought something would be happening, it would, that would be it. Yeah, he would. it would be like we would take a tiny step forward and then he would like run back, allow her to be beaten or something horrible to happen to the main character. And so finally yeah. we get to this book and it's like, oh, I guess he's a sweetheart. Trash. <laughs> Like, I, I don't compare know no. that I would go that far <laughs> compared to what he was and what I was expecting I was like oh he's so sweet <laughs> like compared to but it was crazy that it was just this insane like 180 like yeah kind of right off the bat I was like what happened to Knox right so it's kind of funny to me that what put me off from like reading the book originally I didn't have to worry about at all and then what mm-hmm. ended up like you know, um, put me off kind of rereading it, I wouldn't have expected. Yeah. Um, so he realizes, of course, the men in this book are just so dumb. I don't know. In the last book, Aria was like, yeah, there's hex bags all over the place. They're probably what's making you feel this way. And she told Greer. Mm-hmm. And then they did nothing about it. And then we get to this book and Greer is like, oh yeah, there's hex facts. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're the thing that's keeping you, you know, wrapped up in grief from your dead wife and child. And everyone's like, oh, and they do nothing about it. Until Knox destroys the trunk that celia had him made which is a replica of the one that he did that had his dead wife and child you know painted on it or something and he's like oh there's hex bags in this is Uh, this why i'm such a jackass oh my god yes i know that is why you're such a jackass and what's horrible so the hex bags in in his trunk so they they had celia had placed the hex bags like all over the kingdom to keep people wrapped up in their grief but the ones that were in his trunk were spelled to make him feel like violent aggressive emotions mm-hmm. specifically toward aria i guess and what n- not great i guess about this is that Knox has to like actively question am I really this much of a dick or was it just magic I feel like if you're not sure if you have to really question yourself and say like am I the type of person to 
try to drown a woman and call her trash after I have just had sex with her. Like, if you're not sure, if you have to question, like, am I this type of person? Then yes, you are that type of person. (laughs) Yeah. You're a dick. (laughs) And also like when all that stuff was happening, like his friends or, you know, his friends and his brothers, they weren't like insanely shocked by it. So that's kind of another red flag where they were like, it's just Knox being Knox, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are that much of a dick. (laughs) Am I the drama? (laughs) It's me. I'm the drama. (laughs) Yeah, but I just, I felt a little bit too, like with those hex bags things, though, like getting rid of them and stuff and that being part of his growth, like it felt like he didn't actually grow you know yeah if that makes sense I felt like it was just kind of like oh well now he's not a jerk anymore really because he's got these hex bags and now he doesn't have them yay (laughs) you know yeah I get what you're saying like he didn't actually change any they just took away the thing that was making him be such an asshole Mm -hmm. yeah my thing with the hex bags is that they knew Celia placed them. Yeah. In my opinion, these silly men were too focused on what was going on with Aria and not focused enough with what was going on in their own house because Celia has been problematic from the very start mm-hmm. and they have done nothing to police her actions and they knew that she placed those hex bags. And they knew that she gave Knox that trunk that had the hex bags placed inside of it. Mm-hmm. And she has continuously stirred up shit between Knox and the council and overall just been problematic. But they waited until she really fucked up. And <laughs> because of that, Gideon cut his own head off, which is horrible. <laughs> I mean, you could have done something to stop this. Yeah. Yeah. You just didn't. Well, because Killian, it was Killian's sister, and, you know, it was Knox's sister. And, uh, ugh. Yeah. And I okay. don't know why they didn't see it. No, I know. They should have sent her. Well, they talked about maybe sending her back home, but then being worried that she'd be a bigger problem that way. Yeah. You know? So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just... I feel like oh Knox was like less assertive or aggressive in his role as a king in this book. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. I just feel like that they allowed way too much shit to happen with Celia. Yes. Also, I think it's interesting that for how many years now has Knox thought that he had sex with Celia and like taken her I'm sorry do they call it maidenhood maidenhead it's a maidenhead I'm sorry (laughs) that hymen (laughs) and Killian was like no you didn't like dude how long has it been 
And you're just now like, I don't know if Killian didn't know that Knox thought that. Yeah. But like, I don't, I don't know. I was just like, <laughs> you're telling him this now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like that was probably a conversation that needed to happen way sooner, but the problem with all of these men is that they're terrible communicators. Mm -hmm. So I'm not extremely surprised by that. (laughs) (laughs) They're real bad at communicating their feelings things that are actually happening like I feel like half of the issues with Arya and Knox could be resolved if they would just talk to each other Mm -hmm. but they're doing this weird like I don't trust you which is legit like Arya definitely should not trust anyone because it bites her in the ass every single time so from her standpoint yes I get it but Knox is doing this weird like playing games type of thing where he wants Arya to figure stuff out and trust him. And she has no reason to mm-hmm. trust him because everything that he's done to her up to this point has been horrible. I just feel like half of the, the issues in the story could be resolved if they would just talk to each other. Yes. But then we wouldn't have a story, I guess. Yeah. Well, It'd be a smoother read and I guess I guess it's or like not a smoother read like a smoother process maybe yeah it would story which takes all the angst out you know yes yeah love that angst yes those broken parts <laughs> yes um what I do like about this story and what I think helped in in um my ability to read it compared to the other ones, just in terms of like the the heaviness associated with it was that although Arya gets the shit kicked out of her a lot, Mm -hmm. it's not Knox doing it in this book. Yeah, he's just letting it happen. He's letting it happen. And he actually helps and saves her a few times, but he's not the one actively doing it. And he has been. In the previous stories, along with everyone else. So at least there's that. Like it frustrates the shit out of me and when I'm reading this that he's not he's not actively contributing to the harm she's experiencing. He's just not doing anything to prevent it. Like he's right. not saying to the council, like, oh yeah, I, there's one point where he I mean, he allows her titles to be revoked. He allows their marriage to be annulled. He allows them to put out a wanted poster for her, knowing that she will probably be killed in the process. Um, there's something else that he allows. And I'm like, my man. Oh, he kind of allows himself to be herded into a marriage, even though it's not him. I just feel like up until this point, when Knox has run into a problem, his solution has been just murder everyone that's in the way. Mm-hmm. And we get to this book and his solution is, well, I guess I'll go along with it. Yeah. Like all of the issues with the council, he talks about how he appointed them because he wanted them to feel, I don't know, some level of power over what was going on. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? 
why when people have gotten in the way of his plans up to this point he's just killed them and then we get to this book with the council and he's like ah i guess i'll let things kind of shake out because i need them to be involved or i need to be involved in what's going on so i'll know so i can warn aria i mean if you just killed them (laughs) this is not a good solution but in my mind this is what i want to happen if you would just kill everyone on the council there wouldn't be anyone to keep secrets from you And then you wouldn't meet these people. (laughs) It's a terrible way to run a a country or whatever. But (laughs) nine realms. Not that, yeah. But it's what I wanted to happen. Uh Yes, (laughs) it would have been easier for sure. One other thing that I think makes it easier to read in this is that Arya has a support system. Yes, I love and I yes. And I think that makes it easier to read because even when she gets sort of beaten down and things go wrong, she has a support system where before it was just like something would go wrong. She'd get beaten and everyone would basically just be like, you deserve it because you're a witch, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, so that really helped. And then I also thought it was interesting that now like all of um, Knox's gang is on board with her too like at one point Killian at the council says something and like stands up for her and Knox is like this is why we left Brander behind yeah like so that we wouldn't do this like what are you doing I was surprised when Killian stood up for her too because mm-hmm. up until this point he has had only hate for her yeah mm-hmm. he stood up and I was like um what 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 are you doing this yeah. is out of character. Mm-hmm. Yes, that did help. I loved her girl gang. Um, oh my gosh, this was another thing. Knox was like, Arya's going to be blown away and so upset when she finds out the people that she placed her trust in are actually betraying her. And he even hints at that to her. Right, but doesn't straight up but tell her. Doesn't say anything to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah emotional damage Mm -hmm. why couldn't you just say like oh hey by the way your um mother aunt is a bitch and your sister cousins are all actively working against you why could you not warn her (laughs) i don't know and why what's so annoying is so Knox and others just leave these like breadcrumbs for her to find and expect her to figure it out and Here's the thing. She is smart. She's very smart. She's very tactical because she can't, but she seems to have trouble with puzzles, putting things (laughs) together. (laughs) Okay. Because somebody is the one who points out to her that Brander is the one in like working as proxy. Uh He's probably the one doing that. And then at the end of the book, she's blown away when she finds out that Knox is a dragon and it's like, but I thought this was common knowledge at this point. Yeah. I mean, we had all the same information that she did. Well, and that's, even, I don't think I we think had extra it's information. that ends up telling her that it's, that Knox is a dragon, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and she's she- like, I thought you knew. And Arya's like, "Mm, no, no. And that they make a comment about how like the alphas are the ones that just keep everybody alive and are the brute force and all of that stuff. And the betas are the the brain, Mm -hmm. which I don't, I don't know if she wrote it like that to kind of reinforce that, that kind of thinking. And then the omegas build the pack. Um, Mm -hmm. Esme definitely falls in line as her uh, beta 
yeah in this in this situation but yeah just like so, the kind the kind of obvious things yeah so I, I feel her. like yeah I feel like she's great like with strategy mm -hmm. all the really obvious stuff I feel like she's great oh with but when she the way that she's handled all of this like the situations with Hecate and the planning yes. in those situations has been fantastic right and then when she can't put together that Knox is a dragon yeah. <laughs> it's like it's right there yeah. so I don't I guess Knox doesn't realize that she's not great at like puzzles and needs some needs something said to her i mean directly you could just say <laughs> right like she doesn't have enough on her plate trying to keep all of these children that she keeps accruing <laughs> and pregnant women safe she's always got like a, a herd of children trailing behind her because yes. she's picking them up <laughs> with know. no place to store them <laughs> She just takes them back to this library every single time because everywhere they go, the realm is trying to kill them. Mm -hmm. So she's trying to keep all of these children safe. She's working against her aunt and her sister cousins and um, Hecate. Like, you couldn't just make it easy on her and say, oh, by the way, mm -hmm. there's this. No, we've got to make her guess it riddle me this yeah ah, ah so frustrating mm -hmm. help a girl out she's trying to save the whole world yeah she might just not have the mental space yeah to put to issue like you know she's just like i'll worry about that later that just takes too much comprehension right now let me deal with what's in front of me the problem that i know i can solve yes. and i know i can confront so it might yeah. be more one of those things but you know yeah i thought it was amusing yes. especially at the end the same <laughs> that and then that everyone is also like um duh yeah. didn't you know <laughs> it's so not um they make a lot of comments in this story about how aria is too trusting and they they really they they really train that out of her mm -hmm. in a pretty terrible way <laughs> Mm -hmm. um and i mean i feel like that has been a theme in every book up to this point too she's just too trusting which is shocking because she the amount of times that she gets betrayed and then physically harmed as a result of it is a lot yeah but still but still we haven't learned our lesson until we get to this book um and she she finally learns to stop trusting people so she gets betrayed by aurora mm -hmm. and it turns out aurora was the one that's been pulling the strings up to this point and is the reason that they all got sucked into the nine realms um and is actually her mother like i recognize that being betrayed by aurora and her sister cousins who is part of the process that she had to go to go through mm -hmm. to finally learn to not be so naive and trusting but i was a really frustrated with her for letting herself be sucked in when they were really obviously 
especially with Aurora being shady. Like there are times when, uh, what's it? Aria is like, huh, this seems really suspicious. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Aurora is trying to do some bad shit to me. And I'm very, I mean, her sister cousins, that one was probably pretty left field, but Aurora does some shady things. And I feel like she doesn't trust her gut and follow through with that. And so I don't know. Aria herself talks about like not trusting people anymore, Mm -hmm. but she's still trusting of people at the same time. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, you're talking, what's that stupid phrase? But you're saying it, but you're not following what you're saying. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's just frustrating. You know, she says like, she doesn't trust Knox. She doesn't trust Knox. And like in her head, you know, like, yeah, that's true. Like, she's like, oh, he says something and I don't really believe him, but she does also put herself in his path sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, come on. (laughs) Yeah. Do better. Yeah. Do better. I think so. I, you know, we had talked about, I do remember this from the last time we had talked about how there's something shady going on with Aurora. Like she's highly suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that comes to fruition. Like that plays out in this story. She is a bad person. She's um, using, and I, I feel like Aria does put herself in a, in a place to be used in this book because she doesn't want to be the leader she wants to make Aurora the figurehead. So she just wants to get her set up. And then she wants to fuck off and I don't know, frolic or live a happy life or something, which, you know, we can't have nice things. So you should just give up that dream. Um, but the betrayal from Aurora is upsetting, but not as surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aurora being her mom, kind of surprising. Mm -hmm. I didn't initially see that coming until Knox says something in this book. Like I wasn't expecting that to be the case until Knox says something about it. And then it's like, oh, were you anticipating Aurora being her mom? (sighs) No, I, no, but remember I was talking about how weird it was. So there's one moment where they're like in the library. This was, I don't remember either one or two books back when they're talking about they say something like Arya couldn't be like Freya's daughter. Like he says something where he says like Freya only had like something. Mm. I don't remember exactly what it was. So that did make me think like there's something more going on, but I didn't expect it to be Aurora. Yeah. So that was shocking. And then I think I was, I wasn't surprised at Aurora betraying her. I was more surprised at her sisters being cousins, sister cousins being so willing to um, betray her though. I was disappointed in that. I was, although we find out at the end, it's because that they have their other sisters. Like they're all twins. So I think like she has half of the twins hostage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I but, oh, am sorry. still actively rooting for all of them to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I don't have a problem with that. I mean, like every time one of them died, Nari was like, no, like she killed Luna. And yeah. then like, what was it? Rain Calista. and oh yeah Rain and Regana. I mean like, we're down for like one good. of them I think is in a cage or something every time one died I was like well that takes care of one of them yeah I wasn't like I was never sad about it no. but what did bother me was that they all knew and nobody said anything yes they were complicit that- in a child being repeatedly murdered and tortured yeah that I think bothered me more than like oh you know they betrayed her and tried to take her magic like to me that okay like I figured like whatever especially if they have you know her their other half like they're a twin mm-hmm. but them all knowing for I mean how old is Arya now 20 something 26 yeah right she's yeah older and nobody said anything to her the only person who was like oh my god was what Kinvara yeah I think yes yeah, everyone else is just like, yeah. yeah, yeah, we knew. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. We'll sacrifice you, whatever. I mean, and and at the end, Sabine and Kinvara are like, look, I'm sorry we betrayed you, but she's got all of our sisters. And like, we I- like them more. <laughs> I just. I don't have any space for them. Mm-hmm. They just like the audacity for them to feel like they have any room to say anything to Aria at this point annoys the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. I have, I just have no space for them. I hope they all die. <laughs> yeah. I really don't care if all th- I, the only person that I'm like kind of okay with is Kinvara. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's because she seems like genuinely shocked at all the shit that's happening. I don't know how she missed Arya being repeatedly murdered. Maybe they were really close in age. And so, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, she's the only one that seemed genuinely shocked. Mm-hmm. I guess, did they spell Arya's memory so that she wouldn't remember being tortured and murdered repeatedly as a child? Maybe, maybe it was in one of the tattoos that Sabine, was Sabine the one who? Sabine, yeah. Yeah, maybe it was in one of the tattoos that Sabine put on her. Boy, that's going to be really triggering if she ever remembers all that stuff. Yeah. It's also possible that it wasn't a spell. She just blocked all that out. Yeah, maybe, or maybe she just she... repressed it. <laughs> yeah, she could just repress it. Or maybe like something happens when she dies, when she comes back, she doesn't remember. You know, maybe, maybe that's just how it works. I don't know. Maybe so. Yeah. Right. So uh, Aurora hangs Arya out to dry a couple of times. Mm-hmm. The last time she's pregnant and Hecate invades her womb mm-hmm. and Ember aborts the fetuses mm-hmm. um, because they have been invaded by dark 
evil magic. And so she teleports to the library and begins to miscarry. And that was horrible. That scene, which, but her chapter, I think it went on. I mean, it was, a, it was an extensive scene. It yes. lasted for a while. Yes, it was horrible. I remember the first time I read it, I cried a little bit, like, or like my eyes teared up. Second time I knew it was coming. So I was like, okay, mentally prepared myself for this like horrible, horrible scene here. Um, but I also think it's like, kind of a good example of how different and how far like Amelia's writing has kind of come Mm -hmm. from where we started you know like with the Fae Chronicles like how you I feel like this is more I feel like a lot of like Fae Chronicles was almost like erotica whereas Mm -hmm. this is more like high fantasy yes I agree I agree. This story is very different from the Fae Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Um, but sorry, yeah, back to the miscarriage scene. Yeah. It, it was just so, it was so hard to read and sad. And I was very worried that Knox was going to be a giant dick back about it mm-hmm. well especially because in the last book he had said like something awful about not wanting her to have his children yeah so yeah um but, but he was n- not awful he was compassionate and supportive and all of them were uh, like yes. all of his inner circle of people were there and were very supportive and encouraging of her um I don't know that I could have done it if it was any other way yeah well he does at one point say just to give her like a boost to like do things and he was like this is why you're not strong enough to have my babies yeah um thing but it worked I think you know yeah she was like losing steam and she needed to get angry because it would make her fight yeah it was just yeah yeah but that was rough I mean he was like purring and he was he was so supportive of her yeah yeah this is exactly the kind of hurt that I enjoy in scenes like this though where I mean Knox has been awful up to this point so I love that she's got that barrier in place and he's having to suffer apart from her Mm -hmm. like he wants to go to her and he can't because he's been (laughs) of how terrible he's been she is protecting herself and keeping him away from her like I, mm-hmm. I love I love this type of situation yes. making the men uh suffer yes <laughs> make them suffer uh, it's healthy yeah I need to talk to my therapist about why I am this way <laughs> <laughs> let me know what she says because I too is like ha 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 <laughs> oh that's hysterical (laughs) oh goodness um yeah so that was brutal but the way that it was handled was really good um the way that they kind of compromise after she births her um children Mm -hmm. about like how they'll be blessed and buried and things like that I like that too we see I mean just a little bit of growth in whatever type of relationship that they have yeah 
But then, like right after this scene, Arya goes on a killing spree basically and levels a stronghold and she kills some innocent people and is messed up about it. Like she's not lightly killing innocent people. She's always tried to protect the innocent folks up until this point. And this is the first time that she's killed people who didn't deserve it. And we have another issue with the communication again because Knox knew about this. So it was some young witches who were being taken and tortured and Knox knew that this was happening and he had already taken the steps to prevent it. Well, mm-hmm. he didn't tell her. No. And she got wind of it and she can't abide young witches being harmed. So she goes and she attacks the keep and kills the people who are innocent by mistake. And he's pissed at her mm-hmm. because, and she's all like, she's certainly very upset and he's upset that she killed, she killed innocent people. And I feel like he's such a hypocrite in this moment because how many innocent people has he killed just because yes. they happen to be witches? I know not to mention he like, in one of the other books, he says something about like, well, yeah, it's war. Innocent people are going to die. Like you can't get away. Like that's, what's going to happen. You're never going to not kill an innocent person. Like, and then she does because she's grieving a lot and in a lot of pain. And he's like, oh, it's different. Cause it's his innocent people. That's yes. why. That's why that's it. Yeah. yeah. And now he has to go and he has to tell, there's that whole scene where he has to tell all the family members and stuff like, oh, your wife is dead. Your husband is dead. Your child is dead. And, you know, which is sad, but he's never had to deal with, well, I mean, I don't know, maybe he has had to do that before, but like really repercussions. He's never been there for the aftermath before, at least if he has, you know, we don't know. And he's like, that's what the witches had to do too. All these innocent people that you killed and all the whole like, oh, you're so idealistic, Arya. You know, you're going to like innocent people die all the time. <laughs> like, and she already felt like shit. Yeah. Like she knows. Yeah. Just rub some salt bad. in the wound there. Yes. Ugh. And he says something like he um had promised his people that she wouldn't hurt them or something but she was like I never took that vow and I love there's a scene where Greer was said something to him sort of along the same same lines being like she has no loyalty to you she has no loyalty to Navalo why would she yeah oh Greer is like the VIP sometimes he is also Knox why would you make a promise like that yeah why would you do that? Greer is the bomb. I love him. I get like, you get the vibe in this book that he's just very annoyed with the people that he's around. <laughs> you do. He's like, you're at all one point, stupid. Yes. You're all dumb. Like, look at these bags. You're being manipulated. Mm-hmm. At one point he's having that conversation with Knox and he's like, boy, I really hope Aria finds another dick to ride because you don't deserve it. I'm like, I know. Yes. Come through. <laughs> I know and I really wanted Arya to find another dick to ride too yes, and she doesn't which is disappointing I know but she, she ends up with him like spells herself so that she can't conceive a child if it's not Knox's and I want him to hurt some more mm-hmm. 
I need him to experience the level of emotional damage that I have experienced in reading these stories. Yes. Well, I do like that scene where um, when she calls the keeper of the wind, right? Yes. And he ends up being, he's an incubus. Mm-hmm. And so he ends up kissing her and stuff. And I was like, yes. Haha, I wanted to more. Watch that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe we'll get some exhibitionism here or something. He's going to like, just like straight up have sex with her yes. <laughs> in front of everybody. Do that. Do that. I I would support it. Mm-hmm. I was hopeful. Yeah. Alas, we did not get that. No. Um, I really liked that scene though. So in that scene, uh, this is like mid- Jumping. midway through the book or later. Yeah, we've jumped mm-hmm. forward a little bit. Do you want to talk about it or should we backpedal? We can talk about it. Right. So up until this point, I mean, Arya has been just kind of jumping around trying to find a place for her friends to stay, Mm -hmm. being chased down and eating her way through villages, basically. Um, And in this scene, she's been planning for like a month um, to find the keeper of the wind because she's collecting the elements. So up until this point, she has collected lightning and water. Mm-hmm. Now she's going after wind so that she can build her power so that she can destroy Hecate. So we get to this scene and she raises her army of dead people, which yes. I love. Mm-hmm. So badass. <laughs> I know. She's just been like collecting dead bodies and burying them so that she can call them whenever she needs them. What a smart strategy when you don't have an army of your own mm-hmm. to build yourself an army of dead. It's brilliant. She's brilliant. So we get to this keep and Hecate shows up. Oh, and that was a spectacular fight scene because she puts a barrier. So Knox being the inconvenient person that he is, is like tracking her. And so he shows up with his army and Aurora brings her posse too. And Arya puts up a barrier so that they can't get through, which I love. Mm-hmm. But then she fights Hecate and she, in in her brilliance, has been doing just a bunch of reading and realized that if she can keep Hecate encased in this one body and she can't body jump, she can start like taking the steps to destroy her. And so she does the magic thing and she fights Hecate and she like, I don't know, like burns her forehead or something so that she can, she won't be able to body jump anymore. Right. Yes. That and was so smart. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. It was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like nobody else is doing this stuff. I mean, Arya really is just doing all of the heavy lifting in this world. Yeah. She is. Right. So she keeps Hecate, like she, she forces her to stay in this body and, um, like a son appears on Arya's forehead I think in this like symbol glows on her back and she's like literally glowing at this point yes I think that the stuff on her back was supposed to be like wings oh yeah good right? connection I bet it is because she's a feet or phoenix descended from the phoenixes mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah um Yeah. I mean, I just loved every single thing about that scene. 
because everyone else is just like awestruck watching it happen. Mm -hmm. Aurora is losing her shit because she realizes like, oh, this is going to be really bad for me because yep. Ari's dad is going to realize that she is like, I don't know, activated or something. <laughs> All systems go. The symbol has appeared. Mm -hmm. Right. I just hate Aurora so much. I hate that she claims to have been the one to break, break the curse. Break the curse. Yeah. What is that? I mean, How she's literally like sitting on her thumbs watching Arya do all the work. Everyone is. Everyone is watching Arya do all of this shit. And then Aurora is like, oh, it was me. <laughs> that makes no sense why everyone was like, yay, Aurora. Like, were you not just watching the same thing we were like reading about? Like, what? Yeah. What is that? I don't know. I guess witches are just dumb. Maybe all those witches are just dumb. Ugh. I was so annoyed. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Arya then summons the Keeper of the Wind, Elias, Prince of the Incubi. And I so want to know more about him. Mm -hmm. I feel like we could have a spinoff. Because he talks about why he was imprisoned and made the keeper of the wind. And I think that he shows an amazing amount of restraint in not um, taking Arya to Pound Town. He's been <laughs> kept prisoner for thousands of years, mm -hmm. not and, able to have sex and just suffering. Yep. And he's an incubus. So, you know, he's super sexual. Yes. He's down for it. Mm -hmm. Um. But I think his story sounds really interesting. Right? I thought so too. He, his dad sleeps with his girlfriend. So he sleeps with his stepmom to get back at his dad. Yes. But then because he sleeps with his stepmom, his dad kills his stepmom and makes his girlfriend or wife. I don't know what that. Yeah. The new queen mm -hmm. and impregnates her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want the revenge story. I want to yeah. know what happens when he goes home. Like, guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Elias is back. Tell a friend, you know? <laughs> yes. I want to know the story. Um, and also because she mentions that if he will ally himself with her, Arya, then she will help him in taking the throne back from his father. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we will definitely be seeing more of him because she made a, a deal with him. Yeah. So. Right. So Arya has to go through like a time walk basically, or like she has to see what her paths are going to be. And I've forgotten what happened with oh, all of the other gosh. ones. Yeah, they're but always bad. They're always like there's no happy ending for her. I'm I'm real concerned about where Arya's life is gonna go at the end of this series. Um, because I were I don't know that we're gonna get a happy ending. But what she's shown in this one is like if she kills her dad, then she becomes awful hateful bitch queen in a room full of bones and bodies mm -hmm. that everyone hates and then if she kills Ari Aurora she 
like has children, but doesn't like it's still kept apart from everybody. I just don't know that we're going to get a happy ending for this character. I think we do. You think so? I mean, doesn't she say, like, what does she say in her prologue? Or not her prologue, the the thing that she has at the beginning of the, the forward. Yeah. The forward. I mean, I guess I'm just worried about what other terrible things are going to have to happen for her to get there. Oh, yeah. No, well, there's going to be a bunch of other horrible things that happen, I'm I'm sure. Just oh no, it does there. say if they end up together. FYI, this is not a romance novel. They're going to kick the shit out of each other. And if, and if is bolded, they end up together. Well, that's their choice. I guess I wouldn't be too upset with this book, the series without having a happily ever after maybe. Like I want Arya to have one, but hers just might be like being free of all of it and just like sitting in her apartment with five cats or something. Like, I don't know. My happy (laughs) ending for her could be like her just having like a crystal shop in Oregon. Like she time warps out of the time realm (laughs) back in onto earth. And she's got, you know, like she sells, I don't know, witchy implements and I don't is just a happy person by herself <laughs> yeah <laughs> or maybe with esme that. like she has her best friend like her girl gang goes to earth and yes. they start a commune and are just very happy <laughs> by oh. themselves <laughs> you know what they could do they could do like a role reversal you know like all the women are in charge of society sort of and then all the men are just used for breeding yeah there you go like you've seen that like thought experiment where like we don't actually need men for society so we should just keep them like all we need is just to them to reproduce mm-hmm. they yeah, don't actually I mean, contribute there was a whole it's like a whole thing you're descri- describing the island of the mascara like this is diana prince's home no i know but there it's are actually a, even men there no it's uh it's like a thought experiment somebody came up with or something Um, I haven't heard that but these days I'm down for Themyscira so right I feel like Knox I don't again like with the puzzle thing I feel like he's just kind of playing with Arya um or not I don't know if he's intentionally doing it and it's just purposely being like very vague he doesn't tell her why she's letting them strip her title right he doesn't tell her that he's not actually engaged to Sabine he doesn't tell her a lot of stuff. He's just like, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And he wants her to trust him. He doesn't want to force her to be in this. Like he doesn't want to cage her or things like that. She, he wants her to choose to engage with him, but he's doing zero of the things that would build her trust in him and make her want to engage mm-hmm. with him. Yep. Ugh. And then they do that breadcrumb thing where she, you know, says something to him when she sees um, him and Sabine and he says like, think Aria. Yeah. Figure says, it out. You're so smart. I'm like, why don't you just tell her? Yeah. Why can't Ugh. you just, I, even like um, when Esme and Aria get the crap kicked out of them and she's got like a concussion and he rescues her. And he like teases her 
and then cuddles with her and she wakes up and he's gone but he's left like food and roses for her Mm -hmm. but she offered herself to you like you rejected her basically Mm -hmm. you're not doing the things that you think you're doing sir so I don't understand and then she does figure it out which like the play out in this book is so different from the others we've kind of mentioned it the fake chronicles was like half plot half sex which Mm -hmm. I don't mind I love a story like that that's what a lot of Katie Roberts stories are like too I'm reading Mm -hmm. one right now it's a beauty and the beast retelling um and it's uh, mostly sex all right that's fine I'm not I'm not mad about all of the sex. Um, this one is really different from her other stories though. Um, and so we don't actually get a sex scene until like 85% of the way into this book. And then mm-hmm. it's like 20 or 30 pages long, which is fine. It's just really different. And I mean, it's a great set. It's, hot. it's super hot. Um, but it, like oh how awkward though. They're having Are you sex in an office. Sabine? Yes, they're mm-hmm. having sex in an office and Sabine like, rolls in like um we need to run some interference because my aunt is about to walk in and find you fucking my sister cousin and so they make an like a sandwich yeah i do not i couldn't picture this in my head i can't either like what kind of contortionist her where her legs what is happening (laughs) i mean i don't yeah so like Sabine kind of gets behind her yeah and they like took her legs in and kind of cover them up with Sabine's dress yeah (laughs) like where's Arya's head and face because like is her like she's under the skirt kind of is she under the skirt? I don't know. I can't picture I this. I thought her, her body was like sandwiched between, like she was laying on top of Sabine's torso in my mind. And so okay. maybe like, maybe Knox is just extremely broad shoulders <laughs> are hiding Arya's entire body. <laughs> yep. I mean, I don't know. I don't know either like I couldn't picture we need a diagram I need somebody to draw this for me yeah um I just I just can't imagine how uncomfortable and awkward this must be for well I mean and then Aria in this situation also really awkward for Sabine because he keeps on having sex with Aria that's right. Right. <laughs> yes. Things like I want to be buried in this pussy forever, or whatever he's saying. <laughs> like, who is more awkward here? I mean, because I guess I just don't stop. care about Sabine because she's a garbage person, in my opinion. So I don't care if she's uncomfortable. I care if Arya is. <laughs> I was concerned about both of them. In either situation, it's not like he could have just like stopped and been like, okay, you can leave, but he kept going. <laughs> oh, or weren't they yeah. were knotted together? They were stuck together. I do not remember Knox being able to knot. They because they didn't last time. And and then he was like, Oh, yeah, we didn't do this last time. I didn't even know it was possible in these forms. Yeah. He says that because I don't remember. I was like, did that? That was never, that never been brought up. So I guess 
I guess in this new power course, unlocked. <laughs> um, I guess dragons have not in this universe, okay, but so. he has a telescoping penis. And I forgot that he had a telescoping penis. Yes, and he has like his tongue gets wider and longer at some point too. <laughs> I was like, oh, we got this to- sex scene was absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like they have sex as Knox and Arya, and then they, I don't know, Megamorph into Lennox and Ember, <laughs> and Ember talks about how she's got Arya like on snooze because if she was to wake up and saw Lennox in his eight foot monster dong form <laughs> she would lose her shit <laughs> oh. oh my gosh like no wonder like no wonder aria is screaming at ember to stop i mean if you're unconscious like popped out and was like oh my gosh Megadong. Eight foot Megadong in front of me. <laughs> How do oh, you know? I mean, like her body must adapt. Surely. Itself, like as it Ember, has like, to. It has to. Otherwise, I mean, well, she says that she feels him in her womb. What does this right? mean? Does her know. cervix open? Is the penis in her uterus? I don't know what it means. I was wondering that too. I mean, maybe he just barreled right past the cervix. <laughs> like, that sounds so painful, though. That's not a thing. They not. This could be a thing in this universe. I get. I mean, I just don't. <laughs> I just don't know what it means for the womb to open. <laughs> and I'm concerned. Because I remember also, she did that in the last book, too. It's like, yes, oh, she opened what, her womb to him. Also, like, what are these creatures planning? Because they definitely are having conversations amongst themselves that they're not sharing with their human counterparts. Yeah. What What are they doing? And how awful must that be to know that your creature is having conversations without you? I wonder, like, if, what uh, are y'all doing? Knox seems to have more of like control with it or not necessarily uh-huh. control like I bet Knox I mean Lennox doesn't say anything about pushing Knox out of the way so I bet Knox was watching without a problem because he says like ah Knox is like being annoying about like breaking her or something but it's fine mm-hmm. um and then when Lennox like leaves I guess and Ember's still there and Knox kisses her because he's like it's okay I'll kiss you because Lennox refused to kiss her because he was like that's not something we do as creatures so like Knox was clearly around and watching the interaction for that (laughs) I mean but with this communications issue you know there's no way he's telling Arya (laughs) what the creature said no quite the sex scene (laughs) like we wait all like I mean it was it was 85% in that was one of my notes and it's like 85% in we finally get the sex scene and like I do like that they had spent time together before this where they could have had sex where they didn't I mean one of them was he just cuddled her after a miscarriage which to be fair you shouldn't have had sex anyway after that that wasn't like no that wasn't medically 
not a good idea. No, right. Yes. Um, but you know, then when she has like a head injury, he backs off of her <laughs> as well. <laughs> when she's literally concussed, he's like, no, no, this isn't the time. <laughs> you know, where I feel like, you know, in the previous ones, he he would probably- not care if she was concussed. Right. I'm pretty sure she has been before. <laughs> yeah. And they have had sex. So yes, there's there's some growth. <laughs> he won't have sex with like a wounded person. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's so nice. <laughs> oh gosh, what's that TikTok sounds like? Wow, you crazy. <laughs> crazy <girl. laughs> oh. oh goodness. There is a scene where Arya is talking to her girl gang about Knox's brothers and what they're like in bed. And I just thought that was interesting. Oh, yeah. I was, I don't think I've ever. Why did she think about that so extensively? <laughs> well, I'm sure that Ember has gone through and analyzed each of them because she does that with literally every dick she runs into for its ability to pleasure her. So I guess I bet that there's something from that. Who would you pick? So we have Laura, Brander, Killian. Oh gosh. Anybody except for Knox. I mean, Lore sounds like he'd be the like most fun and least problematic to have sex yes. with. But like Killian and Brander, they sound like they'd be fun in their own ways. Like what was it? Killian, she said, might have like kind of a control kink. Maybe him. Yeah. And then Brander was into bondage. Yeah. So I probably, but I still felt like that was a weird, it was kind of weird. Well, she has almost had sex with Brander. Yes. Which is why I would understand Knox and Brander. Yeah. Like being like, oh, Knox is like this. Brander's like, but like kind of just a strange conversation to have with somebody. Be like, oh yeah, these are these people. Let me tell you what they'd be like in bed. I don't. I don't know. And it was so expensively thought out. I don't know. There was something about it where I was like, that's that's so extensively thought out. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I didn't find it that weird. I would definitely pick Laura. She Mm -hmm. says, you would probably be laughing through the climax, but he would make you call him daddy. That is exactly the good time I'm looking for. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I don't know into the daddy kink which kind of but sounds he used to sound like um, I think it would just fun. be fun I think yes. it would be a good time yes I agree so speaking of lore mm-hmm. near the end of this story yes they are looking for a place to live before Arya and Esme leave for their trials because they're going to they have to go through trials to actually get to the kingdom of fire so that Arya can actually meet her dad and figure mm-hmm. out what her next steps need to be. And so they're trying to find a place to live and they happen upon this heap, I guess, that Avi who is the hag that's been hanging with them in this book where she used to live before it was attacked by demons and pillaged basically. And so they get to this 
kingdom and it sounds like it was set up for dragons Mm -hmm. or phoenixes or something like they've got perches and places like that they can escape from but they mention that um the demon queen was pissed and that's why she had this this key destroyed basically and killed everyone there but what they say is that they think that the demon queen procreated with Knox's dad, who was the king, mm-hmm. and that she had a child and gave the child to Knox's dad and Knox's mom, treated it like her own, and then started to raise it, but then mom and dad were killed mm-hmm. shortly thereafter. Is it Lore? Is this child Lore? Wasn't he the youngest of them? Yeah, Lore's the youngest. Uh, so I don't know, but I, I mean, they, oh, but they keep them hidden. No. Yeah, no, but Laura's the youngest. So it would make sense for that. But I mean, Laura also rattle. Well, I guess if it's his dad, I guess. He could rattle and be part yeah. demon too. Right. I mean, I feel like they just kind of dropped that and nobody ever picked it up. And now I want to know who this is. Right. Because I think that would be interesting. And that would be another way to kind of tie in the demons. Mm-hmm. Because if she's the demon queen, well, I bet there's a, she probably has a whole bunch of other bastard children. But I mean, if that's the case, then Lore might also be a demon prince. Mm. So, um, we've jumped around quite a bit, but I want to talk about Celia. This happened uh, a little bit earlier in the book. She finally dies. Thank God. I have been waiting for this moment. Mm-hmm. I freaking hate her. She's the worst. Mm-hmm the worst and so she finally messes up bad enough that they're like all right i guess we better kill her Mm -hmm. so but how much do you hate that like this whole thing started just because knox got turned out or not knox got turned down knox turned her down i mean what a narcissist Right? I hate I that. sucks. She sucks. It's kind of like a fun twist on how, you know, like, you know, how men like to kill women who turn them down. Oh <laughs> it's a little bit of a role Just reversal. A, a fun twist on that. That's horrible. Um, yeah. Yeah. Celia's death was really satisfying. Sorry, we, we kind of got on a tangent there. Mm-hmm. Celia's death is really satisfying. I kind of wish that she had suffered some more because she was awful and just so hateful. But I'm super glad that she is out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's weird to me that Knox is just casually walking around with her head in a bat like in a bag. He takes it to the library and sits it on the table and he's like, I'm gonna present this to Aria. She's not gonna <laughs> like it because this is terrible but i want to show her mm-hmm. gross but thoughtful ember probably appreciated it yeah i know we've talked before like get you a man who will rip out somebody's spine for you 
yeah but when they actually do it you're prepared to be horrified yes yes very much so so Knox not the one don't want Knox I think it's interesting so throughout this book I was trying to figure out how how Hecate was actually going to be killed because the prophecy is that the son mm-hmm. is the one that has to kill her. And so we've been thinking like male child of Nox and Arya. And I was thinking, how are we going to do like a time warp here? We're going to have to have a really significant time jump for them to procreate, raise a child to adulthood, train it so that it's capable of killing a super powerful witch. Also, Arya doesn't want to have a kid specifically for this purpose. Mm-hmm. But it looks like Arya is like the the son S U N, not the son S O N, that will kill Hecate. Right. It's a she's the heir to the kingdom of fire. Uh huh. Yes. Yes. I like this much better as an option than producing a child and sacrificing it, basically. Right. Um. Also, timeline-wise, it makes a whole lot more sense. I know. Thinking like, um, this is going to take at least twenty years. How long is this story going to go on? Well, I mean, <laughs> I was thinking about how you know the Fae Chronicles, how she just kind of like puts in and um, writers. Oh yeah, children. she sends them to that place, <laughs> and they age very rapidly, and they come back two months later as adults. <laughs> I love yeah. that. That was I mean, such a great I was way thinking, to write that That's off. a great way to do like, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love that. Well, see, I wondered if she was going to do something like that too, but she's also done that before. So, yeah. I don't know. But I like, I like this better as an option anyway, because I feel like Arya is, uh, from the start, has kind of been destined to kill Hecate. Just based on like she's the heir to the realms, she's the heir to the kingdom of fire. I think it it aligns well that she's gonna be the one to kill Hecate, especially yes. because she just trapped her in her body. Mm-hmm. No more body snatching. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. And then we already talked about how, like, so I don't remember if it's Aurora or Hecate, but one of them asked Arya why she assumes it will be her, like who when Esme could also do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me think of Harry Potter and Neville, you know, in um, the Harry Potter series, where either one of them could have been the chosen one, but then we find out son, not son. Yeah. So that explains that away. So this book wraps up um, with Arya and Esme leaving on their trials to get to the kingdom of fire and it's I'm, i mean just again them getting the the shit beaten out of them by water and rocks this time yeah you know i was kind of disappointed in the trials because it was just like when i think trials i think of like you know what hercules had to do or any other various number of like trials but it's just like hey just don't get killed I mean, isn't that what Odysseus had to do with he had to bypass the whirlpool, right? Charybdis and Scylla. So maybe there's that. Um, I guess. Oh, and his whole thing was like some of his people were turned into pigs. 
Mm-hmm. too anyway so I thought I like when I think trials I think like clear set define like trials that people would have to go through was you know yeah. um but this was just sort of like don't die which I works mean, though I think trials could take form in any in any type of thing it is I think interesting Scylla is the queen of the phoenixes um, and they are trying to get to her land and Charybdis mm-hmm. and Scylla were uh, obstacles that Odysseus had to get past. I wonder if she did that on purpose. Maybe not. But I think even um, in like the fake Chronicles, they have to get out of a, a, they have to survive a maze. That's one of the trials that right. in, in Riston end up getting through. So yeah, just don't die. Part of it's like facing their fears, right? Yes. In this, because yeah. doesn't she mention well, that what's her name? Esme is terrified of drowning in water because yes, she can't swim. She can't swim. So maybe the trial is just being brave. <laughs> Don't you. die. Be brave, which is fair. If I had to face a trial that, I mean, involved, I don't know, facing down lots of spiders. I probably couldn't do it. So being brave is a legit, legit like skill or quality, I guess. Mm-hmm. That I, I would lack in this situation. Yeah. So this sets us up for the next story, which I think is supposed to be called Queen of Chaos, maybe. Um, and we'll at least in part, start off in the kingdom of fire. Although Nox has said to Arya, if you don't show up in the next month, I'm going to come find you. So Mm. we shall see. Alrighty. Anything else we want to say? I don't think so. All right. Let's talk about our favorite quotes. Yes. So mine is women rise above adversity while men wish to stand above us with their foot on our throats you could permit them to do so or you can fight against the boot holding you to the ground yeah love it's super powerful although it's funny is that there's a typo in the book it says diversity so it says women rise above diversity oh dear (laughs) so when i was copying the quote i was like in my like I didn't notice it on the first time because my brain just fixed it, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I think this is wrong. Is there another tell? I was like, does diversity mean something else? Um, oh, dear. But I mean, I, I don't know if it's been fixed now or anything, but it was just, it was funny <laughs> while I was writing it. But I love that quote because fight against the boot on your neck. Yes, rebel. Mm-hmm. Here yes. for it. Yeah. Always here for rebellion. Loves that chaotic energy. <laughs> All right. Well, mine is a lot uh, less rebellious and just kind of silly. Um, as May says to Aria, Aria, desperately horny is a terrible first impression. And I feel like that's a pretty good like general life statement mm-hmm. you, you probably don't want to appear t- desperately horny no 
maybe just low level horny. Yeah. All righty. So join us next week. We'll be covering A Marvelous Light by Freya Marska. I don't know if I've said that name right. We do our best, but yeah. Um, it'll be the first in the books or in the, the books that we cover for June this month. For June, we are trying to cover books that feature um, LGBTQ characters um, because June is Pride Month. Um, well, that wraps up Crown of Chaos by Amelia Hutchins. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next week. Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.